Do you know how to play the Star Wars card game Sabacc? We don't either. We've got all sorts of facts and figures and all sorts of cool stuff coming up. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Did You Know with Rhino. Hello and welcome to this episode of Did You Know with Rhino, the podcast that's all about random facts and figures and some pretty cool stories. And in case you didn't know, I'm Rhino. This is my show, and I know exactly what you're thinking. Are they going to go and do an entire conversation about Solo, a Star Wars story? Yes. Yes, they will. Yes, folks, sometimes on this podcast, we deep dive into a movie or so, and we talk about all sorts of fascinating things going on with that movie on one of our fabulous episodes. And normally, on an episode just like this, we don't do it alone, as in we don't do it solo, pun intended. In fact, I'm graced by our Star Wars expert, the one and only John Doggett. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, doing well, Ryan. Doing well. Is the weather uh, in South Carolina as ridiculous as it is in the rest of the country right now? It's not too bad today. It was it was normal. <laughs> How would you define we, a normal uh, November? Is it like wearing six jackets, two jackets? How many jackets do you have to have on right now? <laughs> I was lucky. I had I just had a sweatshirt on today, so it was it was pretty nice. It was like sixty. So, but then again, you and I are the type of people that if it's snowing, put on some shorts and a hoodie, and you're fine. <laughs> Exactly. I had to, I did finally, I'm consistently wearing jeans. That's how I know it's fall. Ooh. We, yeah. we, we finally got down to the, uh, the fifties. Like right now it's 50 something outside. And, and so at work I had to have a long sleeve undershirt. Whoa. Sleeves. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was intense. It was, it was nuts. Uh, just trying to get used to this whole 50 ish, but then by, noon it was 72 so i was like wtf dude oh, <laughs> yeah we hit we hit the magical freezing point i think a couple nights ago it got it got pretty chilly but so do you prep your uh plants and whatnot for that uh probably should but um yeah that, <laughs> I'll, I'll worry about that when i have plants worth saving <laughs> oh, oh sure yeah R- right now they're pretty much the the plants that were planted with the house Exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, what else have you been up to lately besides um, uh, trying to keep warm? Uh, instruments doing well? Instruments are doing well, fixing lots of things. Been busy with that. Already yesterday, I had another rehearsal for Christmas concerts already. Oh, that's right. Have, yeah. What time do those time performances year? start? Those start in the middle of December. Sweet. Well, actually, no, the beginning of December. But um, so you're like weeks yeah. away. Yeah. And they're having oh. you do oboe and whatnot. Oh yes, and all all your favorite holiday favorites. <laughs> which which all require. See, this is like your busiest time of year because they yeah. all require an oboe. Exactly, and they all play the same songs. <laughs> One of my favorite oboe bits, which we probably talked about on a previous episode, is uh, it's the sting in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because that entire soundtrack is full of oboe. It is. It really is. But it's when they take um, the theme, and instead of making it major, which is... They made it minor with the oboe. You're like, ooh... (laughs) <laughs> exactly gotta have some style it, it's nice and dark and, and twisty so out of all the songs right now that you're rehearsing with and playing with um playing the oboe on which one are you currently enjoying the most oh that's that's difficult <laughs> is it because is, is it your level of enjoyment that's difficult or is it because you can't remember them all or no more of the fact that I've played all of them like 12 billion times and I've, I actually don't need the music for half of them. <laughs> so out of all of them, which one doesn't make you want to slit your wrists? 
Ooh, we actually got we actually got a new. It was actually a Hanukkah medley that was pretty rocking. <laughs> nice. What? Yeah. What is was, in was a, a Hanukkah thing. medley? A bunch of songs that I don't know, so therefore I like it. <laughs> nice. So it's it's the challenge, and it's also something new and unique and fun. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Because we all we all know the same old songs over and over again, but so it's nice to have variety. Yeah, it, it's nice to have a variety up until the point when the the variety is is not as fun as the rest of the things surrounding it. In the case of the movie that you and I watched for this podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> so for those of you who have seen the title of this episode, um, John and I, uh, say, saying it was a privilege would be a lie, um, had the chore of re-watching Solo, uh, what, what is it, colon, a Star yeah, Wars a Star movie. Wars. Or Star Wars story. That's right. Story. This uh, is story. Wow. Yeah, Solo, <laughs> a Star Wars story, or simply Solo, which came out in 2018, known as a space western film. Yes, which it's there's there's definitely a space western in it. There's a lot of other things going on too, though. <laughs> but, but Solo, Han Solo, the titular character, wasn't played by Harrison Ford as he normally was. He was played by Alden Einrich. Yes, who is a, is a man that apparently played Han Solo. <laughs> and and out of all of this, I gotta say that his job as portraying Han Solo, like it was the most difficult job, but. By the end of the movie, or even just watching it again, you buy it. It's like it's it's not Harrison Ford, but he's he's no. still Han Solo. I get it. I will say, rewatch doing my homework here and rewatching, I did enjoy the movie much more the second time than the first time. So, so rewatching the movie, how many times did it take you to actually finish the movie? I, I did it on the first one, actually. I'm I'm proud of you because I fell asleep at the 30-minute mark and then <laughs> oh, had to no. re-watch it the next night. Oh, no. No, I, I, I made it through it. I may not have been paying a whole lot of attention the whole time, but I made it. <laughs> uh, it, it was the spot where uh, he meets up with, um, with Woody Harrelson. And uh, so, like, right after he gets his name, which... We'll go into that. Uh, that's about the spot where I started to fall asleep at 10, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and had to rewatch <laughs> it the next evening. The whole time I'm seeing Woody Harrelson, I had recently watched the Zombieland sequel, and the whole time I'm just like, he's going to pull out a gun and put on a cowboy hat. I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> nice. Uh, that would have been a, a better frame of reference than the last time I saw him was in um, Friends with Benefits with Justin Timberlake. Oh, my. And he's got a uh, a boat, and he's uh, he's talking about things that are strictly dickily, and he's uh, making all these fancy references about living over in Jersey. and, and uh, Oh, God. I so, didn't even know he was in that movie. Oh, he, he's definitely in that movie. It's it's He's a welcome to part. Gotcha. <laughs> a surprise for sure, but a welcome one at that. I think his part was was great. Uh, so, would you like to start with the um, ooh, with the lore behind the movie, or would you like to just dive into it? <sighs> when it comes to the lore behind the movie, it's just like having grown up reading books about Han Solo and. Other Star Wars legend, what is it? The Legends now series, I think so. the extended, the extended universe books or comics for that matter. Whereas the Disney said that's not canon, so people are like, well, yeah. "Yes, it is," and they're like, "Well, no, it isn't." Yeah, so I, it, it incorporated elements of that past, but definitely not necessarily what I was expecting. <laughs> and I had not read any of those, so I was just hoping that there was something as to. Um, okay, where, where did he come from? How did he get the Millennium Falcon? How did he meet Chewie? This, these are the things that I wanted out of a movie. Which you, they did 
sort of mostly answer those questions. That, that's right. <laughs> In a convoluted and confusing way, but we got there. <laughs> it, it took some time, but we got there. Yes. Um, so when, so some history behind this film in particular, in about 2012, uh, George Lucas began developing a prequel and he got, um, Lord, the great Lawrence Kasdan to write a screenplay, but Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney about the same year. And Kasdan was hired to write, um, the force awakens that, which came out in 2015. So he had to have his son, um, Jonathan, complete the solo script. So that's kind of where it. Huh. Like, so it wasn't the original idea. Um, it gotcha. was It was the son. So that they, there's probably some collaboration to finish it. So that's where it started. <laughs> and that was only the beginning. <laughs> the, the second part was that principal photography started in uh, January 2017 by um, Lord and Miller. Six months later, they were fired due to creative differences. <laughs> and that's where the wheels started coming off. Well, it sounds like the wheels came off from the beginning because no one was really happy with their work from what I understand. Well, they weren't sure um, based off of the, the writing. Um, so the writing says, let, let's just use the analogy of this is supposed to be a truck. Yes. It's like, okay, this is supposed to be a truck. Um, so so that that's what... Um, that's what Lucas and Kasdan were like, let's make this a truck. Then his uh, son came in and was like, how about we make this an SUV? And then Lord and Miller were like, I see you have an SUV. Let's try turning this into a hybrid. And, and then um, they're like, no. And then Howard comes in and he's like, I see your SUV. Let's try to give it a flatbed at the same time. Yeah. And that's how There's Solo came about. There is a lot of ideas. And they, they were in a movie. They were in some kind of order, and we got to the end. <laughs> so, so let's. Uh, I just pulled up the Wikipedia page. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs talking about the plot. Oh wow! So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read read the first paragraph, then we'll start talking about our opinions and thoughts and whatnot as we go along. Sound good? Sounds good. Because I've decided we should get a little bit more order based on our, our recent um, jumping back and forth like we have been doing. <laughs> yes. So right away on the planet um, Corellia, or Cerellia, however you wanted to pronounce it. Corellia. Corellia. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. Orphan children are made to steal to survive. So young adults, Han and Kira, make an escape from a local gang. They bribe an Imperial officer with stolen coaxium, which is hyperspace fuel, for a passage for an outgoing transport. But Kira is apprehended before she can board. And Han vows to return to her and joins the Imperial Navy as a flight cadet. When the recruiting officer asks for his surname, he explains that he is alone with no family. So the recruiter gives him the last name of Solo. Solo. Yeah. And this is the part where I fell asleep. So we're already a fifth of the way into the movie, and that's where Brian I fell didn't asleep. Even, Brian didn't even make it off Corellia. Nope. Solo. <laughs> so this beginning part, there's so there's so much opportunity there. And like there's some interesting characters. And then we just moved on from <laughs> just yeah. like because I wanted to know um, all about the the person who was in charge of this this gang that they were at down there. Yeah, exactly. It's like this interesting alien creature that apparently is a vampire and burns in the sunlight. I don't know, but that's about as far as we got. And, and do so, right? Just knowing that the running time was um, two hours and fifteen minutes. Had they had added an extra 10 minutes to give that explanation, do you think it would have helped, or do you think we should have just kept on moving? I mean, the grand scheme of things, looking at it as a whole, we could have spent 10 minutes on other parts that probably were more important. Which we're probably going to find along the way. But the most important spect, um, thing in here was uh, Imperial Navy Flight Cadet, okay, and um, mm -hmm. Solo. Yes. Not... 
yeah, that that part made me cringe a little bit. I was like, really? We're just going to have rando Imperial man say, yep, you're solo. They didn't want to spend five minutes in the writing room and have him be like, hey, um, we need to give you a last name. Uh, okay. Uh, and so like him trying to figure it out himself, it's like, nope, dude says solo. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're an orphan. I get it. But that doesn't mean you didn't have a last name. Why can't he just have the name solo? <laughs> already did we really need that moment it it, it was nuts i yikes uh, i was yeah. not too happy with it and neither were the rest of the fans um yes <laughs> so so after this bit well for first off um what what was your opinion on on um kira i like kira as a character i think there's a lot of potential with her character but once again, we saw flashes of of goodness, but like, man, I would I would watch a Kira movie, honestly. But we'll get to more of that later. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. I was I was all for it, like having him um, be into that type of powerful, uh, yeah, powerful woman that makes sense, especially because as we know, um, like well, I'm not going to give any word spoilers because if you haven't seen the original trilogy, shame on you. Um, <laughs> Why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, Han falling in love with Princess Leia is it? It makes sense based on the strong women that he was around for most of his life. Exactly. Uh, she she's the brains behind the operation. He's he's well, he's there. <laughs> yeah, he's he's charming and, and moves through things and gets really lucky. Yes. So, uh, according to this, as looking into it, three years later, Han has been expelled from the Imperial Flight Academy. Big shock. For insubordination and is serving as an infantryman on Mimban. Uh, that's the first time I've ever seen this planet but rock and roll. Um, he, <laughs> he encounters a group of criminals posing as Imperial soldiers led by Tobias Beckett, um, which is Woody... Uh, Harrelson's char- uh, character. He then attempts to blackmail them into taking him with them. But Beckett has him arrested for desertion and thrown into a pit to be fed to a Wookiee uh, named Chewbacca. So he him being able to understand Chewbacca's language, Han persuades him to cooperate to escape. Beckett, aware of the usefulness of a Wookiee's strength, rescues and enlists them in the gang, not him, but them, to steal shipment of coaxium on Vandor 1. The plan goes awry when the Cloud Riders, a group of so-called terrorists led by the Nest, arrive, resulting in the deaths of two crew members, including Beckett's wife, and the destruction of the coaxium. So this is the infamous train robbery. Yes, and the random mud planet that looks like World War II trench warfare, but... (laughs) Which they did better in the Wonder Woman movie. Yes, yes, they did. So, not gonna lie, didn't expect him to meet Chewbacca in a mud pit. I was like, uh oh, he's thrown to the pit. Maybe they have a rancor. On yeah, <laughs> that's what I was feeling. And and Chewie kills a, a, a rancor. I would have been all for that. That would have oh, that would have been awesome. So but, uh, my question is, how did um, Han know Chewbacca's language? That was something that was lost on me. Yeah, what's that? Like we, it w- a better connection would have been if there was a Wookiee on Corellia that we saw Han talking to, or somebody else who knew Wookiee, just to establish that okay, he knows Wookiee, and then it's like, oh, look, another Wookiee. He has prior knowledge of this and can and can properly communicate instead of just magical Wookiee language skills. <laughs> or instead of like just seeing the lady vampire. Her number one um, assistant being uh, a Wookiee, like an evil, angry yeah. Wookiee, and so everyone knows that language. That would that I like it. I I vote for that. <laughs> that would have only taken an extra thirty uh, thirty minutes in a writing room and an extra yeah. five minutes to create a character on the set. And another and fifteen seconds of screen time. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that's about it. Um. Maybe we should have wrote this movie. We Maybe. could have had our name to the writing credits. We'll, we'll write the sequel. Solo again. 
<laughs> solo again because he is because well we'll get to that later um so so tobias beckett he, he he's an interesting character like i i don't hate his character um i'm really sad about his crew members because they seemed interesting especially the alien guy which i can't remember his name right now you're he talking about cool. the guy that's voiced by uh johnny john favreau yes yeah, no, he was he was fun. I I enjoyed his character, albeit very short amount of time. <laughs> I think sadly sons. most pilots um, in the Star Wars universe do that though. They only last for like a, a hot minute. That's true. There's only a handful that that make it any distance. <laughs> That's it, true. Like but, um, uh, Lando, he's he's a pilot, but he was Lando before he was a pilot. Then there's mm-hmm. Nine Nub, who was not really a pilot, but a co-pilot. Yeah. But Still there's the... Dax. Yeah. Or Dak. Yes. Uh, Luke's, Luke's co-pilot. He didn't last very long. But uh, let's see. Wedge Antilles, famous from the original movie. Porkins. He made it. Th- he made it. Wedge made it through three movies. That's, That's pretty right. good. And even survived into the last one. And he's probably end. in Rogue One, if I remember my uh, knowledge. He should be at like a very quick scene in Rogue One. Yeah, I think so. He's a little Easter egg there. He's definitely in Rebels. Yes, which I still need to finish watching, but oh, that's another time. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to <laughs> but do yeah, an entire episode. Now, yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, we're totally off track again. That's fine. Uh, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so, so Chewbacca. Um, uh-huh. the big difference between. Uh, Chewbacca now and Chewbacca in the other um, situations is his uh, satch or his what are you going to call it? His little his uh, his bandolier. Yeah, it, it's a bit different. Uh-huh. It's a tripod he... sort of thing. I mean, he did pick it off a dead Imperial soldier, I think. So he he might have customized it in between Solo and the next movie we see him in. See, see, John, this is why I love doing the, the podcast about Star Wars with you because it's like, well, here's my theory. And you're like, well, well, here's my theory. And I'm like, damn, your theory is better than mine. Okay, cool, let's <laughs> go with it. <laughs> it's because I'm a giant dork. <laughs> hey, I, I love it, dude. Um, so so <laughs> it's no longer Peter Mayhew. Yes. In it's, this uh, one. It's Ju- is it Junus? I'm What's not a hundred percent sure. Uh, Jonas Sudamato. Yeah, he Sutomo? seems like a cool dude. He, he, from what I know, he did study with Peter Mayhew on proper Chewbacca isms. He's uh, a <laughs> six eleven and a half. Yeah, it's, well, man, I can't even fathom that. <laughs> No, that's one twelve, dude. Being five eleven myself, it's like, yeah, that's like an extra foot. I couldn't do that. Nope, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so, so going into this uh, train robbery, um, trying to get the the coaxium, like basically mm-hmm. you're stealing coal or stealing gold from. Let's assume you're stealing gold from the train. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a solid plan. Like they. They had a plan. They they were executing fairly well, and then those uh, pesky pirates showed up. Yes, we're going to call them "quote unquote" pesky pirates. Yes, <laughs> right now. But uh, I I like their plan. They got they stole their ship. They the one which we saw all too few of is those cool imperial troopers with the magnetic boots. That yeah, was cool. those are awesome. I, I loved their little coat thing around their around their helmets. Yeah, those guys were cool. We, they had criminally too little screen time. I would have loved to have seen more of them or see seen them like because we have the five hundred first that goes to every single event here in Orlando, Florida, and, uh-huh. and so like we see like all these different stormtroopers, all different iterations and whatnot using doing an imperial march because this is like the home base for most of the uh imperial cosplayers and so seeing them doing that outfit i don't think it's probably going to happen because unless it's like next week because it's (laughs) normally you know over 75 degrees wherever people are at yeah that one would be a little toasty 
But if I were to have an outfit, I think that's the one that I would like. It, uh, that's a good choice. It's there, a cool. It's very unique. There's that one, and then there's the the one from Rogue One that's pretty good too. Oh yeah, which uh, what the sand the the, the beach s- troopers the, the beach scout or something like that. Yeah, I forget what the technical name for them is. That's okay. We'll get into it in a future episode. And exactly. Once we talk about that, so they uh, so the plan um, the cloud riders. Um, arrive causing problems but um han decides to be nice in and chooses the heroic way of saving people's lives versus um well killing everybody and having the coaxium <laughs> yes yeah uh, he could have he could have blown everyone up if he wanted to and then they would have rolled the credits and it would be over <laughs> or he could have just had the coaxium and then six people would have died and then he would have been a jerk that's true which Technically, if he's a scoundrel, that might have been the choice, but he's a softie at heart, apparently. But he's he's a bad guy. That doesn't make him a bad guy, you know? That's true. There's different levels of, or, well, different interpretations of the word. He's a bad boy. He's not a bad guy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so moving on into our uh, next paragraph here. Actually, there's four more. Um, Beckett reveals that he was ordered to steal the shipment for Dryden Voss a high-ranking crime boss in the Crimson Dawn Syndicate. These are words that you're going to hear quite often coming up. Dryden Voss and Crimson Dawn. Um, Anyways, um, Han and Chewbacca volunteer to help him steal another shipment to repay the debt. They travel to Voss's yacht. He has a yacht where uh, Han finds Kira, who has joined Crimson Dawn, and Voss's top lieutenant. So Han suggests a risky plan to steal unrefined coaxium from the mines of Kessel. Voss approves, but insists that Kira accompany the team, and she leads them to Lando Calrissian, an accomplished smuggler and pilot who she hopes lead them to his ship, a freighter called the Millennium Falcon. Han challenges Lando to a game of sabak, with the wager being Lando's ship. Lando cheats to win, but agrees to join the mission in exchange for a share of the profits. There we go. So there's a there's a lot that happened in this part. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the Crimson Dawn. Like like, if you're gonna be a crime syndicate, um, or just a team. Period. Being named Crims, Crimson Dawn, it's pretty badass. Yeah. That they nailed the name. That's great. <laughs> Especially with like Dryden Voss being the other name, like. I yeah. mean, he's played by uh, the Vision. Um, yeah. I know who knew Jarvis had a uh, had a had a mean streak that wasn't Ultron. Yeah, Paul <laughs> Bettany. Like we we saw him in the the Priest movie or whatever it was, and Da Vinci mm-hmm. Code or something like that. Yes. Oh yeah. He uh, he plays a very interesting character in that movie. <laughs> so so he's known to go back and forth and whatnot. So you can already tell, like, oh, it's gonna be this guy. He's gonna be the new job of the hut. Woo! But he's yeah. he's a high ranking crime boss. He's not he's a the more top dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's not he's not slimy. He's he's a little bit sharper. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to show up like on his yacht and go. But like none of that happened. No, we were more high-end casino party style. Uh, a little bit shinier on the surface, not the gritty gritty. Which is has been the trend lately, especially with uh, Last Jedi and whatnot. And it's just, let's go to some fancy place and um, show them that we're at a yacht. Woohoo! I will say... I wish we could see more of his ship yacht giant pillar thing. Cause I think it's cool. <laughs> oh yeah. I would like to see it like travel through hyperspace. That would have been cool. Yeah. Or like fly around a little bit more than the two seconds we see at the end. <laughs> it, it was uh, a bit of a bummer. Yeah. So, but, so uh, after this, we got to see uh, Lando Calrissian and uh, that, that entire scene and like the entire game of Sabacc was great. Yeah, favorite casting of this entire movie, Lando Calrissian. Oh yeah, Donald he Glover is amazing. Perfection. <laughs> like at times, I'm like, he's a better Lando than Lando. <laughs> which like, is which is ironic because now he is Lando. Exactly. Oh, it's so great. Like oh, I've, every 
he he did such a great job. That was the high point of the movie was Lando, was Donald Glover's Lando. Especially just like purposely calling him Han. Yeah, exactly. No, well, all the little the little details. It was great. How how he moves a cape like I and I've worn a cape, you know, in my Elvis days, and in order <laughs> to get true. that thing to move, you, you can't just when you move. You, you can't just make a turn. You have to yeah. sway your shoulders into it to get the cape to also sway in that direction. So you're kind of Eesh. leading with the cape. You got to swoosh. And, and he swooshed really well. And the fact that he has an entire room on the Millennium Falcon dedicated to capes. <laughs> oh, which is great. So, so when we went into um, – uh, getting into the Millennium Falcon for the first time, seeing it with it 100% intact and it's beautiful and shiny and hasn't been clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> and he's like, talked about all broken. these things that he's done to it to make it better and all pretty. And you go inside there and, and we got to meet um, Lando's co pilot, um, L337. Leet the robot. <laughs> yes, Leet the robot. I was like, wow, they hired they hired a Gen Z kid to write this. <laughs> it, it, it was great, uh, and and she was sassy and, and hilarious. And, and yeah, as as far as ro- droid companions go, she was she was pretty solid. And Lando was in love with her. <laughs> yeah, we. Well, who knows? Maybe uh, it's that whole Siri and people <laughs> people falling in love with their phone assistant or something i don't know it gets weird yeah uh so <laughs> things are also about to get weird as we continue in this next bit after reaching kessel and the falcon and infiltrating the mine lando's droid co-pilot which is l337 investigates a slave revolt or sorry instigates a slave revolt in the confusion they steal the quaxium but l3 is severely damaged uh, and Lando is injured during the escape. Meanwhile, Chewbacca manages to find a group of other Wookiees that had gone into hiding after the Empire had conquered the original homeworld. But when the others decide to take rescue to, or but, but when the others decide to take another ship to escape, Chewbacca chooses to stay with Han. So this is really important. Um, we'll go into it after I finish this bit. With the help of L3's navigational computer, um, hotwired into the ship's system. Han pilots the ship through the dangerous Uncharted Castle run in approximately 12 parsecs to uh, elude an Imperial blockade. The Falcon, badly damaged, lands on the planet Savarine to process the coaxium. So there's a bit that we have to um, break apart here. So Chewie could go with all of his... Um, his, his wookie pals. <laughs> yeah, but he chose to stay with Han, so it shows loyalty. So that was really important. We needed that aspect to be like, well, why are they still together? Yes, which, going back to the other Wookiees, an interesting choice of name for the one that they actually call out. They call him Lumpwaru or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. So in Legends' previous books, Lumpwaru is Chewbacca's son. Okay. So I don't know if they were actually trying to make that connection or just stole the name from a random book, but that made that separation, if it's the case that it is Chewbacca's son, him choosing Han over his actual family is pretty pretty intense. Yeah, um... I, I just want them to go more into it, but I know that they probably never will. No, they won't, unfortunately. But that's why we have books and comics, I guess. Which we already had once, but maybe we'll get again. <laughs> yes, I'm looking more more into it. Um, so looking more into this bit, though, we saw that they... Uh, so L3, pretty much dead, um, gets hot-wired into the ship system, which is mm-hmm. important for when we talk about um, a new hope with R2 trying to talk to the nav computer and having a very peculiar behavior. <laughs> where yeah. did your, where did your ship learn to communicate? Well, that would makes a lot more sense. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I loved that bit. And then we finally get to know about the castle run because in, in going into 
the Star Wars lore, Han Solo has always talked about the Kessel Run and how he's done it in 12 parsecs, which is confusing because parsecs is like distance and time and it it gets Mm -hmm. confusing. But with this movie, it actually shows that it is distance because he's taking a shortcut. (laughs) So the old run had to go winding through and take a longer way. But since they, you know, almost got taken by Cthulhu into the giant black hole in the middle of the mall, <laughs> then they that was blast intense. Their way. That was like random flying spaghetti monster. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, the, the entire um, bit of them navigating through the Kessel Run uh, yeah. was just pretty awesome. Yeah, seeing seeing Kessel and the mall for people like me who are book nerds on the screen was pretty cool. That was because it's talked about a lot in in extended Star Wars literature and things. But actually seeing it, they actually represented it fairly well. Black Hole's Spice Planet. Pretty cool. And then when we finally get to the, the planet and seeing the Falcon, like, after it's done the castle run, you're like, oh. <laughs> now we know why it looks the way it looks. <laughs> because it did do it in 12 parsecs instead of doing the traditional run. And yeah. And when when Chewie, like when Han says he did it in twelve parsecs, Chewie talks to him. He's like, you know, I'm I'm rounding down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because Chewie was there, and now we know he was there. Um, another little fun random tidbit from being on Kessel when uh, when Kira takes down the prison warden or whatever is. The, the guy in charge or whatever. And she throws out the uh her form of combat as Terras Kesai or whatever. <laughs> that was actually a Star Wars video game back in the day. It was a fighting game. <laughs> nice. It was it was a super I think it was called Star Wars Warriors of Terras Kesai. And it was like a Street Fighter clone, basically. <laughs> With Star Wars people. <laughs> yes. That's that's nuts. Um, so there's your there's your random fun Easter egg tidbit. <laughs> with another Easter egg about her, it's when um, when when Beckett, um, Kira, and Han discuss Imperial stashes of hyperfuel that they could steal. Um, they mention Scarif, which is the Imperial planet that houses the plans for the Death Star in Rogue One. <laughs> so wouldn't have that been something if they picked Scarif instead? <laughs> oh yeah, they would have gone there and then. Uh, that's no moon, and it would have been pretty great. <laughs> this is true. That would have that would have made things a little interesting. Uh, so this is where things get a little bit less interesting, but really confusing. This is the the true Western aspect of it. Oh yeah, we're we're drawing uh, guns at noon here. <laughs> um, so during a confrontation with um, with Enfys, which uh, she's with the the nest. Um, they tracked the team from Vandor. Lando uh, flees in the Falcon, deserting everyone else. Um, and so Enfys explains to Han that she and her crew were not pilots, but rebels made up of victims from the tyrannical state of the galaxy, trying to strike back at the syndicates and the Empire. So then Han becomes empathetic to their cause and tries to trick Voss. But... The crime lord reveals Beckett has already alerted him to the double cross. So it's not just double cross; it's a, like a triple cross. So then, or so many crosses, <laughs> and it gets even more complicated because Vaz sends his guards to kill Anfis, but the Cloud Riders overpower them instead, leaving Vaz defenseless. Having anticipated Vaz's strategy, Han tries to take the Quaxium only for Beckett to betray Voss, escaping with it and taking Chewbacca hostage. So once again, another double cross. Kira kills Voss, another double cross, and sends Han after Beckett. She contacts um, Voss's superior, the former (laughs) Sith Lord, Darth Maul, to inform him of the mission's failure and claim Voss's position. She blames a failure on Beckett, never mentioning Han. And then Maul orders Kira to meet with him on Dathomir, which is the planet of the 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 Night Sisters. Yes, and where um, 
Darth Maul, if you watched the Clone Wars, where Darth Maul kind of was raised a little bit. Because <laughs> he was raised by the, the Night Sisters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a lot of um a lot of who's who's on whose side who's on what but there's a lot of death and pretty much what your end it gets really complicated. Um, Beckett has <laughs> Chewbacca. Um, Kira is is fine. Um, Darth yeah. Maul. You're like so for anybody who has not seen the Clone Wars. They don't know that Darth Maul survived. <laughs> yeah, that he's that he's a thing still, <laughs> and just as angry as ever. Uh, and I think he was voiced by Sam Sam Whit- Whittier. Whitwer? Sam Whitwer. He was uh, your main character in The Force Unleashed. And he's also been the voice of Darth Maul in The Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes. So for those of you out there, you're like, well, um, how did he survive? It's... It's it's the same reason why um, General Grievous was able to survive and Darth Vader was able to survive. It's the dark side and terrible technology. Yep. He's become more machine than man. And so he's half machine, half man, the, the lower half. Quite is, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for those of you who haven't seen Clone Wars, we, we recommend it because it's... It's a great story. Um, yeah. Minor, minor spoiler, Star Small, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, you haven't seen Rebels, also recommend it. The Twin Suns episode is my favorite episode of Star Wars TV shows, period. Yeah, I'll have to. I need to start Rebels from the beginning. I've seen random episodes here and there. Twin Suns is, is, sounds exactly like you think it would. Without me spoiling much, it's Darth Maul arriving on Tatooine. <laughs> I'm already excited. Oh, it, it's it's great. Rebels, I haven't finished it, but that episode alone was like, okay, what's up, dude? <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> uh, so 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 what else do we want to... Um... Let's see. So how... The Nestor so Kira... nice people. Kira's okay. Yeah, Kira, Kira had her own plan from the beginning. She's like, yep, I'm running this town. She she was the one with the most cohesive plan, I think. <laughs> Which is, from, let's from get like, him killed, and then I can be in charge. Exactly, because power is power. But yeah, motives or not, she she got what she needed to get done done. Beckett had a good plan, but I think in the end, he did know that he wasn't going to make it out of this. <laughs> So we'll go into it. Um, here's the, the last bit. Um, Han catches up to Beckett and confronts him, shooting Beckett before he can return fire. So Han shot Han first. Han shot first. <laughs> With his dying words, Beckett tells Han that he made a smart choice because he would have shot Han. Kira leaves in Voss's yacht, which is a big pillar thing, while Han and Chewbacca turn the coaxium over to Anfis and the Nest, who offers Han a chance to join their rebellion against the Empire, where, when he declines, she gives him a vial of coaxium enough to purchase a ship of his own. So, Han and Chewbacca locate Lando and challenge him to a rematch in Sabacc, once again wagering the Falcon. Han wins after after having stolen the card Lando is keeping up his sleeve in order to cheat, and he and Chewbacca leave for Tatooine, where Han heard a crime lord is putting together a profitable job, and the film ends with the Falcon jumping into hyperspace. (laughs) Ta-da! Yeah, man. It made it to the end somehow. Uh, Which, so, like we talked about up front, um, Han meets Chewie, Han meets Lando, Han gets the Falcon, so... And we get to see the castle run. Those are the things I needed to see in this movie. So it tick, it did tick those boxes. Then it created some other boxes that I didn't even know of. Did I want to see them ticked off? No. But were they there? Yes. Yep. <laughs> was it terrible when they happened? Not, not really. It depends on which box it was. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, but, all the double crossing and triple crossing and what, it got too confusing. Yeah, I didn't need it. Yeah, they could have they could have done with a couple less crosses, <laughs> for sure. But we got to see Lando, Lando in another outfit, though. We did. 
we did. And I mean, if we can see Lando in more outfits, it's always good. Because <laughs> it's just he's so Lando. <laughs> it's it's so great, man. Yeah, it's like in his his portrayal definitely adds more to Lando's background than I think it actually this movie added to Han Solo's background. <laughs> yes, because uh, um, was this movie necessary? No. Did it add stuff to the Star Wars universe? Yes. Was it good stuff overall? Sure. Sure. Are they actually going to do anything with it? Probably not. <laughs> um. So, would you like me to talk about Easter eggs, or do you want to go further into the plot, or are you okay with the plot as is, and would like to talk about some trivia? The plot was good. Let's go. Let's go for some Easter eggs. Those are always fun. Um. So, the golden fertility idol from the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark is on a table in Dryden Voss's meeting room. Oh. I- Yes, yes, it is. Also in there is... <laughs> I thought that's what that was. <laughs> th- there's a, a Mandalorian armor as well. I didn't see that. It, it's in his uh, museum during all the parties and whatnot. Oh, okay. I'll have to, I'll have to look for that. Um, let's see. Underwater explosions were shot at um, 120,000 frames per second. That's what Under- um, filmed... Or that's what was the inspiration for the coaxium explosion on Vandor. Oh, interesting. I um, mean, it was a nice, it was a nice boom. I'll give him that. We also saw the guard disguise um, that Tobias Beckett was wearing, which is what Lando Calrissian yeah. was going to wear in um, Episode Six. Yeah, nice, nice throwback to that. Let's see what else we got here. On um, this movie, does not mention Jedi or the Jedi Knights. That's true. It's relative. It is one hundred percent force free. Except, I mean, the only. Well, I mean, you have Darth Maul, but that's your only connection to the forces. <laughs> a hologram of the Sith Lord, <laughs> former Sith Lord. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just trying to get something a little bit different was a. Uh... Yeah, because they didn't even say Sith, did they? No, he just. They didn't even say Maul, did they? I think they did. I'm trying to think now. Like, did she? I'm not sure if they actually did. If if you guys remember that they did, let us know. Tweet at me. Yeah, because I'm 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 thinking back on it, and I'm like, she just calls him, but she doesn't actually address him by a name. You know what? We're gonna find out right now, right after a word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com shop slash everyday cosplay finds for more information. And now back to our show. All right, so after a bit of... Uh, Oh well. After reviewing the tapes, <laughs> yes, we discovered that they didn't even mention his name at all. So, uh, if you had not seen the prequels and you see that dude, you're like, "WTF, dude? Who is this spiky man, and why is he so angry? <laughs> and why does he have a red lightsaber?" Yeah, which would make you really excited for a movie with him in it. Oh wait. <laughs> um. So, so going back into some more of these, um. These Easter eggs. Um, Dryden Voss, which is a Paul Bettany's character, has like facial stripes. Yeah, is he is he human or is he an alien? He's, or are those scars? Um, I think there were scars, but they they were entered in post. So Paul Bettany didn't know about it until uh, Ron uh, Howard sent him a photo. <laughs> He's like, "Here's what you look like, buddy." <laughs> it, it, Interesting. Yeah. I would have figured that was makeup. Not not post editing. Huh. Um, see, Warwick Davis had been involved in ten Star Wars related projects with this movie. Wait, what was Warwick Davis in this movie? He was let's see, IMDB, the good old IMDB Warwick Davis. Let's just type in solo a Star Wars movie and go from there, because it should be easier. Going under cast and crew. Um, let's see, Warwick 
Davis. He plays a character named Weasel. Going <laughs> into Google, Solo, Star Wars, Weasel. Um, Weasel, according to Wikipedia, is... Um, oh, it, it's him. You can actually see his face. Um, he's a, a member of the the nest. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. He is. Now I remember. Yeah, so he's a little tiny dude and uh, hanging I out. I think with they give him a. I think they give him a rocket launcher or something because that's what you give tiny people. <laughs> yeah, and he was also in um, Phantom Menace, and so it's the same that's... character just twenty years later. <laughs> there we go. So there's yeah, Warwick I, Davis. Um, I enjoyed the Cloud People. They were a cool little bunch, which we did not learn hardly anything about. <laughs> no, and we never got to figure out um, how Lando got to Cloud City. That's an important part that I wanted to see in a movie, but oh well. Maybe they'll make a Lando movie instead. They should. Lando, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Star Wars escapade. <laughs> Um, I've been reading some more of these along the way. Um, let's see. Han bears, here we go. Um, Han bears a scar on his chin, which is barely noticeable in some shots. It's a recreation of the scar Harrison Ford has in real life, which is also visible in every Star Wars movie he appeared in. Huh. I'll have to look for that next time. Ooh, that, talking about Han himself. So what did you think of the MacGuffin of the Golden Dice? What was your take on those? Um, it being his 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 lucky his lucky dice. Yeah. <laughs> like it showed up at the beginning, like it was it was his, or was it Kira's and then his, or? I'm assuming it was his, but like they they put a lot of emphasis on these dice for, that we. I don't think I've ever seen before, but they seemed like they're an integral part of Han Solo's character. I'm like, really? Okay. You know how some people like hide Easter eggs and other people just hand you a basket and then say, here you go. That's pretty much how that one felt. (laughs) Yeah. Um, By the way, there, um, there were 259 items of trivia and spoilers and whatnot. And I just read through like a a quarter of them. So there's plenty more where this comes from. (laughs) <laughs> but what we're going to do is what we normally do when we watch ev- any single Star Wars film. We're going to talk about some of our favorites and least favorites, starting with uh, characters. Oof, favorite character on this one, favorite male character would be Lando. Of course, same here. And, uh, and favorite female character would be Kira. I'm, I'm with you all the way. What about least favorites? Least favorites of... <laughs> unfortunately least favorite male character would be Han <laughs> like he was fun but like <laughs> he just didn't do anything uh, for you he just... yeah like he tried I, I applaud him for his effort but just <sighs> I wasn't I, I a fan of Woody's character yeah Beckett was pretty just here's your standard western gangster bad bad ombre kind of guy he was a little two-dimensional as well um i don't think i had a least favorite female character because there weren't a whole lot of female characters in this movie did you have a uh, favorite quote (sighs) favorite quote i think i would have had to pay more attention (laughs) Uh, so i was only able to have a favorite quote i don't have a least favorite but my favorite quote um was um, was right when Han has like a thermal detonator in his hand at the very beginning. Oh yes, and and the vampire lady says, um, "That's a rock," and you just made a clicking sound with your mouth. Like, <laughs> that part was great. Calling That's... a spade a spade. Uh, that yeah, him being called out on his buffoonery was pretty great. Uh, um, that's a that's a solid quote. That's. I forgot about that moment. That's good. So going into favorite outfits, um, anything of Lando's is on my list. Yeah, I was going to say, Lando's, the the classic yellow outfit, 
was was on point. That was amazing. Other favorite outfit would be Kira's disguise on Castle. Oh yeah, that was a good one. My least favorite outfit. Um, it it just didn't make any sense to have that armor. Um, but I liked it better than Beckett's like pseudo imperial armor that he just never grew past. Yeah, his his generic trooper armor. He just never grew. Yeah, he didn't. He he was obviously he was a character, and it was established at some point before we saw it, and he just kind of rode that through the entire movie. With, That's what it felt like. I'm 100 percent with you. Um, so then, what would you say your least favorite moment in the film was? Least favorite moment would have to be <sighs> let's see what was totally unnecessary there's a few things that were unnecessary oh there were a lot of things that were totally unnecessary <laughs> yeah um mine was the uh, the quadruple cross as i'm calling it yeah that wasn't my least favorite though well, it was supposed um, to lead up to like this big thing, big and, climax, and, and it, it didn't exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Least favorite for me was the end of the train sequence. I don't know. That part didn't do it for me. Just killing off Beckett's crew purely to make room for Han for and Chewbacca. No, I had no emotional attachment to them. I was and like, neither oh. did Beckett apparently. Yeah, and I I didn't even know it was Beckett's wife, apparently, according to the article. I thought yeah. it was just his girlfriend. It's like, that's oh, man, <laughs> that's rough, buddy. And so what was your favorite moment? Favorite moment would be probably the whole Kessel Run part, them blasting out of there. Oh, that was same. fun. Like getting to the ship, L3 leading her robot revolution, getting in the ship, blasting out of there, seeing the really cool Star Destroyer in the clouds, because anything, anytime a Star Destroyer appears is going to be pretty cool. That was that was a nice effect. And to them battling Cthulhu and getting out. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the, uh, the Kessel Run was awesome and a half. So, so overall, um, would you recommend this movie to people? At the end of the day, I would. It's not a traditional Star Wars movie, but it's a fun little adventure that if you take it on face value as a fun adventure, you're going to have a good time. As as a Western, it's a good film. As a Star Wars film, it's okay. Um, it had a whole bunch of decent moments. And so if you compile it as a... it For me, it's a movie I'll probably watch in about five years. Whereas the other ones, I'll probably watch in two months. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be watching everything in preparation for the finale here. But but that's that's pretty much it for me on that. Any uh, final words on the on the movie itself? Um, I think we pretty much covered everything that should be ever said about this movie. And we're probably not going to talk about it again, except for comparing it to. <laughs> To anything else? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish. I wish that the last thing I guess would be. I wish some other stories that were introduced in this movie could be explored in other. Not necessarily even a movie. I might take a TV show or a book or a comic or give something. Give me a but, Disney Plus series about um, Lando Calrissian. Six episodes. I'll be fine. Yeah. Six episodes about Lando and six episodes about the Crimson Dawn. I'll be done. <laughs> Give me a little bit of Han and Chewie, like in between. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's see that first meeting of uh, of Jabba the Hutt, sure. But besides that, I'm good. Yeah, that that pretty much covers that. Uh, which means our our next movie that you and I will probably uh, cover would be Rogue One. Woohoo! Uh, which is going to our... be great. Now we're gonna. Now we're getting into some interesting things. <laughs> we'll be going from like one of my least favorite Star. Well, my absolute least favorite Star Wars movie into one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Same here. 
<laughs> because I I love Rogue One. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. I look forward to that. And for you folks that are out there listening, you should look forward to that coming up in about two months. There we go. Looking forward to it. Same here. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, solo journey. I was happy to not do it solo. <laughs> very nice. Thank Always you. a pleasure. I'm glad glad I could glad I could be your Chewbacca, your your Wikipedia. Oh, oh, dude, you'll always be my co-pilot. <laughs> so, so with that being said, if you'd like to uh, join in on this conversation or or tell us some things about what you thought or if you have any opinions, questions, comments, and concerns, uh, we also want to know what your favorite part in the Solo movie was. Just just let us know. Did you think it was a castle run? You can let us know on Facebook. Did you know with Ryan O? You could talk to us on Twitter at Did You Know Ryan O, or just shoot us an email, Did You Know Ryan O at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, as always, find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. I've been Ryan O. We'll see you next time. No way.